Hi guys, Gemma from the future here. You know, I'm always coming in when uh, there's something important to actually say. So with regards to the audio on this episode, it's not, it's not fantastic. So I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit, I'm sorry that, you know, the episode isn't going to be usual standard, but we had a few technical issues basically. So I hope you really enjoy it because it's still fantastic content and a really good episode as well. So hopefully you can just listen past the little bit of echo noise that is behind Andy's audio. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed you still enjoy it. So let's get on with the show. Welcome to this week's Talking Comic Con special. I am Gemma. I'm James. I'm Andy. Yeah, we've already had an argument as to what this is actually going to be called. So that's a good start. And we're only a couple of seconds in. <laughs> Andy's a troublemaker. He's stirring the pot. Yeah. Uh, I've got my marketing hat on today. Okay. <laughs> so the Comic-Con that we're about to speak about is Liverpool Comic-Con. And our attendee there was the wonderful, the lovely James. And he did a cracking job, I believe. Your intrepid, your intrepid reporter, your Clark Kent today, was me. Yeah. You were spotted in the wild. Yes, there are, there's actual photographic evidence of me on the site. Yeah, there is. And uh, yeah, I retweeted it as well from the uh, Codswallop pod Twitter handle. So obviously go and check that out. That was uh, that was really good. Is that was that a friend that took that photo? Or was that just, um, you know, like somebody who was sort of at the Comic-Con? I think it was somebody who started doing official photograph stuff because I had absolutely no idea I was being pho- I'd been photographed. Oh. Didn't know anything about it until I saw it was up on the thing. Yeah. And you liked your hair, didn't you? Yeah, my hair looked good. <laughs> Other people like my beard, so, you know. Yeah. I like the T-shirt you were wearing. That was a good T-shirt. That T-shirt was brilliant because of two things. Didn't have cards because I'd not brought, I forgot to bring them. And my back has been photographed so much. So you're going, where are you from? Where are you from? And they're talking Codswallop Pod. Turn the thing, can we take a picture of your back? <laughs> Make sure you get my mane in shot. <laughs> oh. And do you know what the beauty of it is? Why would we need to wear the T-shirt? Because people remember the T-shirt the next day. So you've got a different yeah. T-shirt on today. Exactly. Because... <laughs> um... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a different T-shirt on. Yeah. They wow. remembered, though. Oh, imagine if they were like, oh, you've got the same T-shirt yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, they were press people who were there. They were people from the, the big people. Who, I mean, quite a few people noticed, but somebody really was observant was from the Liverpool tourist guy uh, who were covering it and filming stuff. So. Oh, amazing. Somewhere, we, I, I'm probably on, well, I've linked into them on stuff and chat to them, so. Oh, you've ruined their continuity. Their continuity? Never. Yeah, if they're Never. filming, you'll be <laughs> jumping around. <laughs> yeah. Your hair was different yesterday. Yeah. With a, um, yeah, with a giant fish on his uh, on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, we digress. What happened at Liverpool Comic Con in the sense of what did you see, do, you know? Tell us all about it. Well, I took the opportunity to run with the early start, uh, and on the first day, it was pretty quiet. There weren't actually that many people there, because obviously, you know, work and whatever, and there weren't that many guests there. So 
But that was the Friday, um, wasn't it? That was the Friday. On the Friday, the big sort of highlights were seeing people in costumes, getting to know some of the stallholders, uh, chatting to them. There was a guy there who was running a stall where he sort of made all things to do with Buck Rogers and some Ghostbusters stuff. Oh, cool. Uh, and some pictures, pictures up of him. And I didn't actually get an interview with him. I got to meet an awful lot of people with cosplays and find out what they really liked about cosplay, uh, why they got into it and the events they went to and their Twitter handles and stuff. But the big sort of highlight probably on the Friday is that you had the some of the guests doing press, like the actual TV Granada and things from their age. Or ITV to anybody who's not in the 1980s. <laughs> well, Granada, ITV, whatever, you know. <laughs> And they had one of those newfangled cam- colour cameras. Yeah. <laughs> All fancy. <laughs> Granada. I haven't yeah, heard yeah. that. Sorry, I haven't heard that for so many years. <laughs> well, Granada ITV, it's all the same thing. <laughs> um, so, uh, but no, the or ITV, to use the hip technical term, uh, yeah. they're interviewing people. And they were interviewing John Chalice was there, who would be known as Boise from Only Fools and Horses. Yeah. A very, very cool guy was there called Jeff East, who you would know if you've seen Superman the movie, who uh, played the young Clark Kent in it, the teenage Clark Kent, who is now a 61-year-old man. But um, he was a really nice guy, and I spent an awful lot of time just trying to chat with him about things. And the one that will mean the most sense to Gemma is I got to have a good chat in person with Dean Kane. Yeah, I'm very jealous. From uh, Lois and Clark. And he, I got to learn a bit about him and his life and stuff. And that was sort of the, the big thing on that day. It was more just sort of low-level stuff. You could get some photographs. And I got a, a good amount of time to talk to people with the store holders. There was a brilliant guy called uh, Takey UK, who uh, actually I have the picture of chatting to, who does a, a thing as the uh, undertaker from wrestling, raising lots of money for charities, for kids' charities, by doing that. And I got to, to to mainly just to just see the people there. The big difference between the Friday and the Saturday was obviously the number of people. Yeah. And I kid you not, within half an hour of it being open on Saturday, I think we exceeded all the numbers of the Friday. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Saturdays are usually the most popular day of the Comic Con, aren't they? Yeah. I'll share the figures, but it was a humongously large amount of people had gone through. Biggest that amazed me, to be honest, on the numbers, far more than I thought it would be. It was an incredibly large amount anyway. Yeah. Certainly going to the tens of thousands, from what I can understand, that passed through it. But you see some astounding stuff in there. There was a guy who was built his own Johnny Five replica from Short Circuit. <gasps> oh, cool. Sorry, I had to put the connections together there. But yeah, I love Short Circuit. Uh, sh- Short shirt. Oh, for God's sake, it's like prodigy all over again. <laughs> yeah. Short shirt. Well, it is a short shirt. You're right. Yeah. Now, but Gemma, we're, we're amongst family here. If you have a problem with alcohol, <laughs> you just have to tell us. No, I don't have a problem with alcohol. I just have a problem with speaking sometimes. <laughs> My brain just muddles words all around and it's so frustrating. But there you are. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Johnny Five is alive. She happens. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I love the film Short Shirt. Oh, for fuck's sake. Short Circuit. That's the name of the episode now. Short Shirt. No, it has short to be. Shirt. It has to be Liverpool Comic Con. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, we're going to have to talk about this film on a separate episode just so we can have that as a title. Yeah, or we could just cover the film. <laughs> yeah. Short Shirt. Yeah. Short Shirt. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. 
<laughs> have it, like be, for yeah. real? You haven't seen it. I have, yeah, and number two. <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. But then yeah, I was shocked the other day that James had never seen. Uh, what was that program that I mentioned the other day from the Upside Down? Um, oh, um, Stranger Things. Yeah, I was so shocked you've never seen Sh- uh, Stranger Things. Stranger Things. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm having problems with my S's today. My S's <laughs> yeah. and my C's. Um, well, brace yeah. yourself. <laughs> so shut up, you sneak. <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, yeah, just uh, brace yourself because I ain't seen it either. But I, ex- in some ways, I expect that oh, okay. from yeah. from you. Um, yeah. Because, because no, um, it's because Andy has like previously said he doesn't really sit down and watch telly very often or films very often. So true, true. I kind of expected him not to have watched it. But you, James, I I just can't get my head around the fact that you haven't watched it. You need to get your ass into gear and watch that program because it's amazing. But for listeners, I'll explain why this confuses Gemma so much. There was a set designed to have a picture taken of weird things written on a wall. And I had absolutely no idea why people kept going and getting excited and sitting on this thing having pictures with it. And now I know. It's yeah. It was Stranger it was the, Things. It was the De Morgan. Yeah. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly or Demi Morgan, something like that. But yeah, it's the the monster in Stranger Things. Or just in, in breaking news on the TV front, I just yeah. like watching good things. Oh, do you mean a good place? Ah, uh, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, just like I'm watching Walking the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. good things. Eh? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the good place. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not the only one with um with uh, muffin up words. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or messing up words, I should say. Yeah. Muffing mm. up is really inappropriate. <laughs> it is. <laughs> well, congratulations. What do you think of it? I know we're digressing very quickly, but this is like breaking news, amazing information. Yeah, no, it, I, I'm, I'm on series two now. So wow, so you're really through. enjoying it then? Yeah, yeah. Make my own through. Good. So, so, yeah. so I've got a question for James then on yeah. Comic-Con. So the what was your favourite cosplay character? And why? That is difficult for so many of them. I have mm. to say, I think probably the one that impressed me the most, it was so different than anything else, though, was a lady dressed as Mary Poppins. Aww. Unfortunately, I am linked into her on Facebook, but off the top of my head, I can't remember her, her name, but she was French, and she said she decided to go to something quintessentially English, which was Mary Poppins. She made the dress all herself. And uh, it, I was just really impressed with because it was just very good, very uh, very nice. She was a very nice, friendly woman. And uh, it compared to all the other sort of mad sort of cosplay stuff, that was probably, yeah, I don't know, that just one really really stood out to me. It was really impressive. What other uh, characters did you come across? How many Harley Quinns were there? <laughs> there were a few, but not as many as you thought there'd be. Yes, okay. yes, what was the most common character you came across? What was the most common one? Um that is a hard one to answer. There were, there were quite a few Harley Quinns. There was a very impressive Batman. But the first guy I met there was a guy called Phil, who I actually walked into the event with. And he was dressed up as uh, a character called Alucard from a uh, an anime series called Helsing about vampires. Right. And he was really impressive. He came as every day. The interesting, well, I'll tell you what is interesting, Andy. You, will find, you won't find somebody coming as the same thing every day. So yeah, that is a good thing that they do, isn't it? It amazes me. Like Phil came as like four different characters, and there's a 
uh, a girl there who goes by the, the t- handle of Hedge Scout, who amazed me because she went as first day I met her, she was dressed up as Batwoman. Then she was dressed up in the same day. She then changed into a costume of Ripley from the Alien films. And then the next day she was dressed up as um, uh, Black Canary. Then she dressed up as Ripley again. In the evening, she dressed up as a, uh, somebody out of Star Trek. So, yes, yeah, she just had numerous costume changes, and it was just very, it's very impressive. Wow. I mean, did... how? I mean, that, that is not a hobby. That's, that's a lie. I mean, that's, yeah. that's amazing. That I mean, you'd hope they get tips and get some sort of crowdsourced funding for their, uh, for their work and their, for their appreciation. For these people, it's, it's all, well, it is kind of a career thing because, for example, the lady dressed as who I can't remember is part of her initial name is Pom because she's French and she works using Apple. That um, the both her and Hedge Scout are selling basically like pictures and things you can buy into. I'll get involved with to get to get more of a following, but like they actually do sell images. And the, the biggest thing that really touched my heart that pretty much everybody who was there, certainly in the case of the people I know from other things who went to Ghostbusters, the people who were dressed up for The Undertaker, uh, Take UK, Hedge Scout. Just about everybody who's there doesn't do it to raise money for themselves. I know you were saying about crowdfunding and whatnot. They actually raise money for charities. Yeah. So it all they, they go to charity events, produce things for charities, they raise money for children's charities, and that, to me, is probably one of the greatest things that I really took away from the whole event. These people are giving up the time, um, you know, the money. That's it. That, cause that's what I was thinking. It's more sort of cover the expenses. Cause, uh, yeah. I, I know you can do a lot of sourcing on the cheap, but I guess there are some things where you just have to invest in materials to to come. It would be really fascinating if we could get someone on the show to tell us all about it. Well, I've previously, uh, thank you for obviously listening to this episode. No, <laughs> um, no, previously, if you go back to, um, the first Bournemouth Comic Con interview that I, um, oh, sorry, Comic Con, uh, episode that I released, there is actually some cosplayers on there that they just do it for fun, basically. Mm. Um, but they also do it, uh, they're kind of like, I don't want to say hobbyists, but they kind of are, you know, that's kind of the, the sort of easiest way to sort of, say you know what they're up to and things but it is a passion that they've got as well so is that our episode 19 uh Comic special form of the fcc released on the 12th of september 2018 yeah that was the one minutes long yeah that's wow yeah thank you for looking back (laughs) scroll 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 (laughs) yeah some cynical people say Andy's been on the computer looking for that. Yeah. And they'll be wrong because it was on my phone. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, <laughs> but he's clever. He doesn't use his computer when uh, we're recording. He uses his phone like a normal person, James. <laughs> what do you mean? Why? <laughs> like something in the 21st century. Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't think ITV's called Granada? Yeah, yeah. No, I know. Yeah. 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 I, I can imagine James has got one of those um, old age keyboards that are just like big letters. Like yeah. <laughs> and his computer's uh, his computer screen, sorry, yeah. uh, monitor, whatever. Um, yeah, has <laughs> got all those magnifying glasses yeah. in front of God, magnifying stand. No, front, no, yeah. I was going to say it was like one of the ones from the nineteen seventies where it like fills the entire room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Screw you all. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't need those fancy graphics. <laughs> Let me turn my hair again. I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> it plays computer games that go bing, bing. Hey, hey, bing. look, don't mock it. Pong is as far as I can get on technology on this. <laughs> but yeah, going back to the cosplayers, um, yeah, they, they do all put their heart and soul into creating their outfits. And, you know, you can really tell the people that really truly love doing it because you can see it in their, in their work, can't you? Like you were saying that, you know, with the Mary Poppins lady, that you could tell that she'd really, really put loads of effort into that and she'd gone all out, you know? And, um, I just, I think it's very clever. These people are very talented. Well, I, I asked them, I mean, the thing that you just said there, Andy, about putting stuff together, I was wondering, I tried to take time to interview a lot of people who were there in cosplay. I was asking people how they got into it, what they did, what advice they would give to people. And a lot of the time, the beautiful advice they gave was just try it. Yeah. You know, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. It takes however long it takes. And there's one guy dressed as Loki who is actually, in fact, the, the Take UK son. He was dressed as Lo- uh, Loki on one day, and then he dressed as Sunday out of Lord of the Rings, but I don't know who it was. But the Lord of the Rings guy, uh, character who's dressed up as, actually made the press. It's gone national. Wow. Um, when they're covering the event. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, apologies if you can now hear purring, but Levi's now decided to curl up right in front of the microphone. <laughs> we l- we love yeah, we you, can Levi. hear purring. <laughs> yeah. I can see the spikes. Hi, Levi, by the way. <laughs> he can't hear you. <laughs> well, speaking of animals, there's actually a firm at the uh, an organisation at Comic-Con who... Wow, that's a noisy cat. Yeah, I'm moving the mic, don't worry. He, he that decided... a tiger came out. Oh, is that a rat's tail, Daddy? When Andy said a rat's tail, you're growing a rat's tail in the back, or something. No, it's just, it, let me just slip into cat nerd mode. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, like they always go mental for string and stuff like that. It's because it reminds it, it looks like a rat's tail or a mouse's tail. So, like oh. things like cables, it's just a nightmare because they'll just go, oh, rodent, and then just start attacking it. <laughs> oh. I've got lots of little teeth marking cables. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to ever have anything nice again apart from the cats now, are you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is why yeah. we can't have an R. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Okay, you might just have to struggle with the editing. Settle down. There we go. Right. Okay, he's he's moved away from the mic. Okay. But, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be yes, fine. Don't worry. Yeah. What I would not like at the Comic Con that I was at is they had a uh, organisation who bring uh, who have sort of trained dogs and wolf-like dogs for films and ah. a lupine wolf thing, and they've been involved on things like Penny Dreadful. Um, <gasps> Love that program. Uh, so I was chatting to, I interviewed the lady who runs that. And I was saying, Penny Dreadful, tell me what you had on that. Um, but what she was also saying, because the, the big thing is that a guy called Peter Fratinelli from Twilight. Um, so then people, people getting pictures with the wolf dog creatures uh, with him, photograph. Uh, but the wolf dogs were really cool because one of them was a, just an Alsatian, lovely, lovely animals. But I spent a bit of time around it and stroked it. And then Later on, I wandered past it. I said, I haven't got anything. What are you staring at me for? And the woman just went, he remembers you. He wants a belly rub. And two days on the trot, every time I appeared, the eyes were staring at me. Dog remembered me. He wanted a belly rub. Oh, bless. Oh, 
See, uh, James, are you more of like a dog person then? Yes. Well, I like yeah. all animals. I do. I do like all animals. But I love dogs, and I don't mind cats. I like cats. Yeah. No, no, yeah, I don't know. We, you, we've always got um, me and Andy, the the cat fans. You know, so mm. I was always wondering, like, are you? Uh, no, I'm a dog person. No, nah. that's all right. There's plenty of space in the world for dog people as well as cat people. <laughs> when we, toler- we tolerate when the them. purge comes. Yeah. <laughs> Oops, hang on, my phone's ringing. One second. Oh Jesus Christ! I'm sorry, it scared the crap out of me too. One minute, I might have to actually. Uh... I do think a ringtone says a lot about people. Yeah, me too. Oh, what's wrong with a ringtone? Look at me, I'm going to a fairy festival. Okay. You people yeah. are mad. But... No, it was. Yeah. There was like a proper like um, medieval type um, yeah. sound to that. Like, yeah. um... Can I get you some mead? It's the South Bank people <laughs> television off that Granada program channel thing. <laughs> <laughs> you buggers. <laughs> was that the theme sheet of One Man and His Dog? I have no idea what that is. <laughs> Just remember something, Andy. There's more than one way to skin a cat. Yeah. Oh, you. We'll leave animal cruelty out of this episode. <laughs> right back to Liverpool. No, um, that's uh, technically that's not animal cruelty because that's actually referring to the cat of nine tails. Ooh. As is the phrase, letting the cat out the bag and not enough room to swing a cat. That's true. I get the swing a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Uh, but no, I don't understand. Was, well, you have to get enough swing, don't you, to like... No, 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 I, yeah. I, I just meant I don't understand the, the cat of nine tails or whatever it was that you just said. That's That was a form of punishment on typically in the Navy uh, to be whipped with the cat of nine tails, which was a whip with nine oh, whips. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay, now I get it. Or five, yeah. I'll insert laughter here. <laughs> yeah, hand laughter. <laughs> or around... Or, 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 or. <laughs> <laughs> nerd alert, nerd alert. <laughs> Andy, you've got no problem being a nerd. Like me and James, well, I'll speak for myself, really. James can speak for himself, but I am the biggest nerd in the world. So you be a nerd with whatever you like. It's yeah. fine. I'm that I'm that guy goes out drinking that people just edge away from. Oh, yeah. He's got his facts out. Yeah, see, you went to New York and got excited about seeing DHL landing port. So, I, mean, you know. Yeah. I know, but I, I settled myself with a DHL van. Oh, tell me the truth, Andy. Are you the person that you fear in a pub quiz where you go, actually, I think you'll find that's wrong? No, I wish I could say, that... oh, sorry, I was gonna say he he's the one that we want on our team. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm the sink of useless information, so anything that is. Would come up in a pub quiz. I'm unlikely to know the answer to. It just takes like a one word to reach my ear, and I'm like, "Oh!" <laughs> the index goes, and, and I can pull out facts. Excellent. Because I only the only reason why I said those facts because I think I heard that on QI, not on QI, on No Such Thing as a Fish podcast. It was released on Friday. I'm sorry. There's another fish podcast <laughs> out there. Yeah, a No Such Thing as a Fish. No been going just a smidge, yeah. Been going just a smidgen longer than you. Well, I think we need to join forces. No mm. such thing as a coswallop. Yeah, you, <laughs> they are the QI elves. So yeah, I think I, I think they'll look at us and go, "Go what now? Who yeah. are you?" Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but if you are looking for humour and facts, I would recommend no such thing as a fish. 
Right, okay, well, that's bits are getting cut out. <laughs> yeah, we, can't, we can't mention the competition. Uh, yeah. Crush them under the boot that is. Uh. <laughs> no, we're the only fish podcast out there. I'm sorry, no fish podcast or whatever you were called. <laughs> no such thing as a fish. No such so, Yeah, there you go. Exactly. No such thing. Liverpool. Liverpool Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. Dead to me. I mean, the boat of the yeah. fish is yeah, they're only on episode 259. Right, yeah. uh, on yeah. to Liverpool Comic Con then. So, uh, anything else you guys want to know? Well, I, I want to know, first of all, what did you and Dean Kane talk about? Because I know, unfortunately, you didn't record the audio, did you? So, yeah, was there was there a reason why you couldn't record it? Was it like somebody told you you couldn't? It was pretty much suggested I couldn't really do it, and it was such an off-the-cuff, very quick chat with him. Uh, well, not pretty quick, but you know, off the cuff chat with him that he was, I wasn't really able to sort of get to a microphone anyway, and he was getting ready to leave. So, um, but what we discussed, we basically talked about Liverpool. He seemed to really like it. Uh, he felt though, because obviously he's from America, where everything is you know a much larger landmass, that it was yeah. almost like being in a big town to him. Um, I learned that he has a house in Spain. Uh, uh, as well as America. He's a single parent. Did uh, you get his address at all? Uh, got his business manager's card. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I um, learned that his son is going to be uh, enrolled at university soon. Um, and just generally, that he's an incredibly nice, friendly guy, that he really was enjoying himself. He was really interested in not only doing this stuff at the Comic Con, but also going out and seeing the city and getting to spend time with people. And he, he, what I did notice being around him is he really just seems to be good. He's either very, he's either an exceptionally good actor and he's a good actor, or he really just does like being around people. He comes across as a really nice, friendly guy. He's always got time to chat to people. You know, brilliant person, really. Nice job. I get, I mean, I've, I've never met the guy, but, um, I get the impression from like interviews that you see him in and things like that, that he is, that is him. Do you know what I mean? Down to earth kind of person. But at the end yeah. of the day, I suppose you never know what anybody's like no, behind no. the closed doors completely. But, you know, as long as when you actually meet them, they are the person that you're expecting them to be. Yeah. And you don't have that, you know, kind of uh, that moment where, your life just gets destroyed because, you know, they're an asshole or whatever, you know? And, yeah. And that's the sort of thing you get at meeting people like this because I heard yeah. horror stories when I was in a queue with one guy before it's before I got my picture with Terry Hatcher, the guy who was in the queue with him, was saying how he'd been at an event where Carl Weathers was there. Uh, and Carl Weathers just does not want to be there. He has no interest in talking to people. He has no interest in particularly doing anything to do with the con, which does make, you know, begs the question, well, why do you go to it? But, the money. Well, it is, because they reckon that George Lazenby was at something in London, and he did, was it 16 grand in just an hour? Mm. Or something uh, that sort of, you know, amazing yeah. figure. Yeah, or it could be even less than an hour. But, you know, with Dean Kane, it was just, Gemma, he, he, you'd love, um, it's a shame you didn't get to me, because you obviously love it. Uh, yeah, it's a shit because yeah, I was really ill this uh, that weekend, so just couldn't make it yeah. at all. So yeah, and then on the Sunday I got to like ask questions on for people who were on the they had stage shows and just talked a bit more about the show. Same with Terry Hatcher, because um, I asked them about their approach to the characters. Because obviously you've got big shoes to fill. That summer I've got it with yeah. actually the answers, but they've got big shoes to fill at the time from Chris Reeve and Margot uh, Kidder. 
And he was just sort of saying he never used that as a template. He sort of, if anything, looked at George Reeves, the really old Superman stuff. And Terry Hatch's take on Lois Lane makes a lot of sense, which was that she never thought about the weight of playing Lois Lane and just thought, I've got to play this very sassy reporter. Uh, who also has yeah. her own love life and other things to to answer. And they seem very happy with the question asked, so it's all good. Well, that's that's obviously good. I mean, you made a good impression on the important people, so that's the most important thing, isn't it? And obviously, if you've got Dean Kane's business business manager's um, details, maybe yep. we could, you know, maybe yep. sneak in a little interview there if you uh, wanted to try that. I will see what I can pull together. I had a chat with about it. Jeff East is... Uh, He's one of the nicest people I've ever met, ever. He was just brilliant. Well, he didn't came good vibe for it. He talked all about being Superman with me. He talked about um, working on a film called The Day After, which is still the most watched TV film in history. It was all about the uh, the idea of what would happen if there was a nuclear, uh, you know, nuclear attack upon America and the fallout from that. Oh, okay, that sounds quite interesting. Very interesting guy, very interesting stuff. And what I can tell you is that Eric Roberts, the actor, is brilliant, but mad. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. What were your highlights of the Comic-Con? Obviously meeting those people. Uh, yeah. But for me, it's really the highlight. It's the passion and enthusiasm that people bring to it. The fact that, as I said, people, a lot of people are doing this for charities. The fact that I got to meet. New friends at it. You know, there's people I've not met before that I've, I've linked into and I communicate with. And just, yeah, it was a really enjoyable event. And it was incredibly well run. Other events I've been to have not been that well run. Everything seemed to go smoothly. There were no major issues or anything. And it was just very professional. When I spoke to the guy who runs it all, I had a quick interview with him, uh, Andy Cleek. Again, very nice guy. Took the time to chat to me, which he didn't have to do. And... Yeah, I, I could never fault it. I'd say to anybody, because it's coming up again next year, they've already got the ball rolling. God knows how they're going to go above and beyond on the guests because, I mean, yeah. the big thing that was interesting on the Saturday is that the queues for Dean Kane and Terry Hatcher were ginormous, which you'd expect, because this is Terry Hatcher's first ever comic in the UK. Uh, and she is a very nice woman. I had a private chat with her. It's not something I'm going to discuss on mic. It's just a private thing between me and her. Uh, and she took the time to do that. And, yeah, just a very nice kind of woman. So I'd say for, for if you want to go to anything like this again, uh, or if anyone's interested in going to it, do it. The highlight is just how well it was all run. And at a four, what advice would you give a novice attending a Comic-Con for the first time? Get there early. Always, if you can, if you can afford to get in for the early, uh, early entry, do it, because it can get very, very busy later on, certainly on a Saturday. Take water. That Gemma, you'll, you know, Gemma and I discussed in the, the heat aspect of going through these things. It can get very, very hot. This one wasn't bad, but I've been somewhere you'll be at a dropping point. But give yourself a lot of time to get in there. But the best piece of that is just be open to meet new people and see new things and learn about characters you've never met before. Uh, and just enjoy the experience. Because I think I made a newbie error. You can tell me whether this was an error. I went to a Gamescom in Cologne uh, two, three years ago now. And all I did was walk around all day because when I saw something of interest, it was like, oh, I'm not, if I queue up here, I've lost the opportunity to see what else is around. Mm. So should I have planned that better? 
what could I have done to maximise my day there? What I tend to do personally is when I go to Comic-Cons, I usually do the first... Well, it depends, first of all, how big the Comic-Con is. So if it is only... Uh, in like if it's Liverpool or you know like if it's London Film and Comic Con for example that one is mahoosive like really yeah, really huge and um, you know fantastic but you definitely need two days at least to go to mm-hmm. that one because you can cover a lot more ground that way mm-hmm. but yeah so what I tend to do is if it's so I'm going to go with it it being a smaller one I tend to sort of yeah. walk up and down the aisles having a look and see mm-hmm. what is ava- what is around. But then at the same time, I'm thinking of, like, interviews on the way round as well. So, you know, like, obviously, if I'm there with a press pass. So it's like if anybody is catching my eye, you know, that I want to speak to. But also just, just to get a feel for the place. Yeah. And then... Once you've done that once, you can kind of then just have, um, you know, just have a potter around, check out, you know, the celebrity people that are there. So for like, especially for the multi-hall events, would it be a case of, yeah, plan your weekend and say like, okay, on this day, I'm going to do, I'm going to queue up and see this person. And then on day two, I'm going to do these halls. And then on the final day, I'll do these halls. Probably, yeah. I would say personally, yeah, because thinking about what you said, Gemma, and where I've done things is... I kind of get, it was a bit more difficult at Liverpool, but in previous ones, I've always given myself a game plan that I want to go to this at this time. They didn't give you timing slots. Yeah. I think what you're pretty best doing is saying to yourself, what, what do you really want to accomplish? So if you want to get someone's autograph or you want to meet somebody, you may sometimes be best going on the last day because it's quieter. Mm-hmm. If you want to go and experience the full frenetic fury of an event, if it's a three-day event, it's a weekend one. You're going to find Saturday will be just mind-bogglingly busy. Yeah. But it is planning, I think, certainly planning. And you're right, Jimmy, because I found the same thing that I went in and I'd be like scouting out, say, the stalls to have a look at them, scouting out the people's costumes to work out who I might want to interview. Did I want to go and do see such a, such a famous person or whatever? Did I want to see a talk? The talks are always quite interesting to watch. So it is a matter of planning, sir. Yeah. Do you know what, though? Because I was actually going to argue the opposite because I don't tend to... I mean, I plan to a certain point. So if if prior to the Comic-Con, I've already... Say when I went to um, one before and I knew that I had a photograph with Kevin Smith, for example. Yeah. So I knew that I had to be at that point at a certain time and there was a few yeah. other things that I knew that I definitely wanted to do so there was a back to futures chat um or talk there was a photograph opportunity with the DeLorean and you know Doc Brown sort of thing so you know these things I'd already pre-booked so I knew that I had to be at those places at those times but otherwise I don't put too much stress on myself I just have a wander around I tend to go to the celebrity bit to see who is there you feel the mother's cute (laughs) yeah but also just to get a feel for like who the people I really want to go and speak to or I really want to get their autograph or or whatever yes for the really big celebs that are there they tend to give you like little tickets that you can come back about later so if you take the ticket it depends again which comic-con you go to yeah because they didn't have this at liverpool and surprise yeah that's a surprise me too but um yeah so if you've got your ticket and you know that you're in amongst one to 40 people then either you stay there and then 
because it's likely mm. that you'll be able to. Or you just have a little wander around and just follow your feet sort of thing. Just have a little, yeah. just take in the experience of it already. Because otherwise, if you over plan, you kind of, you end up missing out on stuff. Mm. With regards to like the stalls and things, you're never going to know what is going to be there. So, you know, like whether you like memorabilia or whether you like um, crafty type stuff or there's a load of artists there. And I love speaking to the artists and getting sort of the the background of, you know, what inspires them to do their art because, you know, art is a sort of an interest to me, especially with that kind of art. Mm. You know, there's so many different things there that you, like I said, if you plan it, you're not going to stumble upon it and it's more magical to stumble upon things sometimes so true yeah don't worry randy we'll take you to a comic con we'll show you the ropes oh yes i've done i've done a games con and then when i do the um half marathons it's not to the same scale but you generally have then all of the the traders and the, the, the one thing that i've always i've always found these things is i don't have the planning capabilities to understand that if I want to buy something, I've got to carry around with it all day. So I end up not looking at the trade stalls for that very reason because I'm a spont- spontaneous buyer. Yeah. Well, I suppose you could always take a backpack, couldn't you? Well, I always take a backpack, but the biggest problem is tiredness. That I think that's the big thing you've got to factor yeah. in. You're on your feet for a long time. Yeah. Mm. Do you know the biggest piece of advice I'd, be, I'd say? Wear comfy shoes. Yeah. yeah. Or take a take one of those seat things with you that you can just carry around really yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the one thing that kind of stood out for me with, with Gamescom, and I'm sure it's the same with any yeah, type of con. I imagine so. Is like with Oculus Rift, they had their, their area, it was queued up all around the block. So I just immediately looked at it and went, nah, no, I'm going to carry, because that's, to stand there, that's a good three hours of my day, if not all day, yeah. at that one location. So the guy I was with, we just sort of walked, and it was basically just looking left, right, left, right. So I was taking everything in, but I didn't stop anywhere long enough because there was just there was just too much going on for you to kind of not be distracted. Yeah. Or sort of go, mm, no, mm, no, mm, no. So I actually remember coming away thinking, actually, there was nothing really stood out from from this event and that was the kind of like risk that i guess you take the cons yeah i suppose it really is a a thing where it depends on what the size of it is as well to be honest it's like a festival i guess isn't it like you when you go to glastonbury and stuff it's like you check out who who's there to float your boat at this point in the episode, James heard something that he had to go to. It was an emergency situation, so he had to go. And all is well, so just all the listeners know. But obviously, we had to cut it short. So here are a few interviews that James actually did at the Liverpool Comic Con. And I think he did a fantastic job. He got so many interviews, in fact, that we are going to be releasing an episode tomorrow as well which is just for his interviews, basically, because they were really interesting. He he spoke to people that were at the storeholders, cosplayers, some celebrities as well, which fantastic work for him. I hope you enjoy. Then tomorrow, if you've listened to this episode, all will make sense when that second episode is released. If you're listening to this one in reverse and you've listened to the previous one, then this will make a little bit more sense to you. So I hope you enjoyed this show. And keep Codswallopin' on!
Hi, my name's Chris from the 99th Garrison. We are a Star Wars costuming group. We work with two main charities across a year, which is Dreamflight and Walking with Giants, but we support many charities across the UK all the time. Uh, we're mainly out at weekends. We do some weekday stuff and charities, uh, but we are really in the emphasis of we get out there as costumers to help and support the communities and the charities all around us. So we've been going for probably about nine years now. Uh, our biggest bases are sort of northwest and northeast. Uh, and what we do is we basically will come in Star Wars gear to an event and we will raise as much charity money for you or for a charity as you can get us. And, and I have to say, having seen this, and the pictures will be up, the costumes are phenomenal. They are phenomenally good stuff. We do aim to try and use the 501st as our guidelines. Uh, so we try and make sure that we are as close to screen accurate as you can get with our costumes. So we... We don't enforce saying that you have to be perfect, but what we do is we get the people to aspire to be as close as they want to be because it's all about the fans and the people that see it and they want to see that. They want to see the perfection. They want to see what they've seen on the screen. They want to be part of the film. And for me, what's better than being a Stormtrooper? What's better than being Kylo Ren? Not a lot, really. Very true. I think the only one to top that has been Darth Vader for me. Uh, well, you, you've got a good height, which is absolutely good. Uh, for me, I'm a bit too short. But you could be a stormtrooper. I, I'm, I'm a stormtrooper. I've actually got several costumes. I got a bit obsessed. Uh, so I, I, I've got two favourites, which is Kylo Ren, because I like the menacing walk, and I worked a lot on the persona of actually watching the film and walking and hunching like he does. Uh, and Commander Cody is my other one. It's an absolutely uncomfortable costume to wear and I can't do more than a few hours in it, but it's my absolute favourite costume. It's beautiful, it, the way it looks, the way it is. It's just one of those ones. And there's not many out there as well, which also makes it quite unique. So I was going to say, doing the 19th Garrison, the, uh, the, the work you do, what is the most rewarding part of it and what's the most challenging part of it? Uh, well, the most re rewarding part, of course, is seeing the smiles on faces. I'm looking over your shoulder now at the photos that are being taken with all the people. Even the security guards are getting involved, which is always great. But when they see us and they smile, that's the most rewarding that you get. The most challenging part is when... We, well, it's rewarding and challenging at the same time. Hospital visits, uh, uh, they are really difficult, uh, and I do get upset quite a bit quite, quite a bit when you come out of them which you can't do while you're there but it, it, emotionally it hits you afterwards uh, but with the Dream Flight one of the charities that we support uh, I actually go down to Heathrow uh, and actually see the children onto the plane when they go for their once in a lifetime trip to Florida and, and when you see all the work you do across a year come to that and you actually see them getting on the plane and you see the smiles and the excitement on the, on the faces of all the children that are going that is what drives a lot of us. A lot of us have backgrounds or stories or reasons why we want to do this. Some people, like myself, uh, I saw costuming. I thought when I got a costume, I could do more with it. And that's what led me into the 99th Garrison. And then from then on, it's been, I've never looked back. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me. Uh, and I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much for coming and see us. Hiya, name's Alex Jones and I've come as Shazam today. Come to Comic-Con pretty much as much as I can. I went to South, I think it was Southport the other few weeks ago. Um, 
absolutely love the atmosphere really good like like the amount of people you meet who are just you know they can point you out at you know certain intervals um, it's amazing like I've come as much as like possibly can sort of thing and uh, hi I'm Holzone on Instagram I came as Scarlet Witch today from House of M and yeah I just I like cosplay and I like showing off my costumes that I work really hard on which is why I come to conventions every opportunity I can so what would you both say is the most rewarding thing about coming to these and what's the, the most challenging? Little kids looking at me like I'm a superhero, I love it. It just makes me so happy. It's brilliant. So like when you get, I, I can't pull a face in a podcast. but can, I can describe. It was, yeah, yeah. It, we have a very happy person here with us. So. Yeah, it's just brilliant. And I love, um, it's like when you cook something for your family and they really like it, but on a grand scale, because you made something that you're really proud of and other people like it and it feels really good. I've not yet had the guts to do anything in cosplay. People keep telling me I could do Oliver Queen, the original Green Arrow. So who knows? With, you know, About a year of gym working, we might be able to pull it off. And for yourself, what do you like the best? Uh, I'd say literally it's like the reactions of people when they see you in costume. Like, say, literally, I'd like say... Uh, when I'm going about normal life it's just you know everyone's like you know they've got their own business to them but like when you come here it's like you hear people in the crowds say oh look it's Shazam or oh look it's Scarlet Witch and sort of like you know and if you hear it in the background and like usually like I tend to acknowledge it and I'm like yeah have you come in on public transport I've got to ask, what, what is it like coming in in full costume on public transport? Oh, well, I come from a little town called Hoylake, and it's mostly old people, so it's quite nice, really. It's a bit of a breath of fresh air. They all look at you like, like you're a superhero, really, and it's great, and it's great. They, they want photos with you, and it's nice. Yeah. And have you found the same thing? Um, pretty much. I tend to get a few uh, like dirty looks from people every now and again. to mine in costume. Yeah, and, and the, the, the guy just kind of looked at me and was like, yeah okay yeah I've got to be honest I was trying to explain to a taxi driver what I was going to this morning it was not the easiest of things it, it is difficult to explain to it because I, I had a gentleman on the way here ask me he was like um, he was like what, what's going on today sort of thing and usually you just like oh it's Comic Con but most people like I'd say it's a, it's a lot more like you know known nowadays but uh, some people still don't know what Comic Con is so you have to kind of like say oh it's when certain like you know certain um like kind of like groups really come together and like everyone shows off their cosplay and you know there's also all the booths and you know the merchandise but it's hard to summarize in one word really it's like i'm kind of rambling of like how to explain it well, i won't take up any any more of your time but thank you for taking the time to speak to me so i'm here with andy cleek who is frankly the genius brains behind this and many other uh comic-con conventions so i'm wondering if you could tell me well you could tell me how you got into this please andy yeah it's basically for four years ago we had an idea to do a, a star wars convention um it's 2015 when the i think it was the force awakens came out so we did a star wars convention about a month before the film and it, um it, we, we sold it out we had about 20,000 people in there um and like i say we we, we just did things a little bit differently we but we base the event on prop builds mainly we're you know massively guest oriented we have a guest lineup on but not like huge stars so um yeah we developed the events from there so for the love of the force came for the love of it turned into the full of a sci-fi and we broadened it to encompass all genres and like you know transformers and uh you know other sci-fi related genres and um 
last year basically it, we, we just started we did we just we just expanded and we, we've opened a horror con we've obviously we uh, we did liverpool comic con which is now our biggest event um and we've got events literally we've got 15 events a year we've got like a steampunk event in in april we've got manchester comic con we've got comic con scotland so yeah it's happened overnight really it's just expanding and the growth of it is it's just exploded so what would you say is the most challenging element of pulling all the i mean because this this is audio but I'm looking around you have got all these people who are on stalls you've got all these celebrities here and you've got tens upon tens of thousands of people coming to the event so what is the biggest challenge? The biggest challenge is I'm pretty much there is a few people helping me but I'm pretty much a one man band and when you're doing 15 events it takes your life over 15 events a year completely completely takes your life over so straight after this event there'll be no rest I'll be promoting uh, for the love of wrestling in April um, and there's just no let up really so yeah it's a real real lifetime commitment to do something like this and it's not good for your uh, stress levels <laughs> but um, but you are looking what you're looking good you're looking quite relaxed you probably hide it very well I think a little relaxed I'm not uh, inside I'm feeling a bit yeah a bit 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 yeah not not fully relaxed to be honest but <laughs> and what how can we uh, for the people listening obviously how can we find more about what you do and, and linking what, what do you have any websites places we can yeah, go to yeah we've got uh, monopoly monopolyevents.co.uk but we've got all different websites for all the brands so you've got like Comic Con Liverpool um, you've got Comic Con Scotland for the love of sci-fi for the love of horror for the love of wrestling they've all got their individual websites so if you go on there we've got all the information all the upcoming dates and all the guests ok well Andy thank you very much I wish you all the best for all future events thank you appreciate that thanks for taking the time to interview me yeah, and my name is Andy Turner. Uh, I've come to Liverpool Comic Con from Rudland in Wales. Um, I'm quite busy on the uh, Comic Con scene. I do other characters apart from this uh, Red Skull, uh, but this seems to be the most popular one with, um, well, obviously the Marvel and, and comic book fans. Um, so, yeah, I would say I've been doing this one about uh, two years now. It is one hell of a good costume, and when I got the pictures up, people will be able to see it as well. Well, thank you very much. It is actually a full uh, screen accurate replica of a World War II um, SS uniform. Um, I went for the comic book version of Red Skull because I, I didn't particularly like the, the film version. Uh, I thought it deviated a, away from the, co- the original comic books uh, too much. So I went more retro and, and opted for the comic book one. And what, is the, what do you find is the best thing? Well, A, well, I'll do, do a twofer on this. Do, how many of these conventions do you normally go to in, say, a year? Because obviously by the time that you go to, go to quite a few. Um, my work is, is, is quite busy. I mean, I work 60 hours a week, but uh, I try my best to get to a, a con at least uh, once a fortnight. Um, I tend to do the bigger ones uh, rather than the, the smaller ones. Um, because obviously my free time is at a premium so um, yeah I tend to invest my time more for the, the, the bigger conventions and what would you say is the most rewarding thing for you for doing the oh I, I think it, it's the interact, interaction with the, with the general public you know when they recognise your character and uh, you know ask for a photograph um, you know it, it, it gives you a, a sense of um, satisfaction that, that, that they recognise your hard work and your effort and also you're suffering when you're in a mask. Oh, what's the most difficult part? Uh, again, uh, tolerating wearing a mask for eight hours. Um, it is, it, it is a, um, it takes a lot of conditioning. Uh, when I first did it two years ago, I really suffered. 
um, you tend to get like heat stroke or fatigue uh, also depending on the weather it, you've got to take regular fluid intake uh, and maybe the occasional toilet break just to escape from it all but by this stage now having done this character, character for two years um, I'm pretty pretty okay with it to wear it all day and where are you going to be next what's your next convention going to be well uh, my next convention I've got two coming up one will be uh, Wales Comic Con in Wrexham I'll be doing a Silent Hill character for that and uh, after that there's a, a steampunk convention which I will be doing also another character for that so um, I have four characters in my in my uh, wardrobe um, but I tend to use Red Skull more for the for the uh, the general Comic Cons and just to refresh our memories, if we will, obviously you give me a card, but just so people, the listeners can hear it, where can we see your stuff? Where, and get in contact with you. If you ever want to say, book you for something, or we want to meet you wherever something that's happening. All right, well, I tend to keep all my cosplay separately, uh, so I have a page for each character. So for Red Skull, it's Facebook, uh, forward slash Red Skull Cosplay. Uh, the others are Facebook, si- Silent Hill Cosplay, and uh, the other one is um, Slink, S-L-I-N-K cosplay. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me. And that is one hell of a cool costume. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers. Hi, my name is Andy Webster, also known as uh, uh, Snow cosplay. Um, I've travelled here from Morecambe, northwest Lancashire. And today I am John Wick, but earlier I was Kylo Ren. And uh, tomorrow I'll also be doing uh, Jon Snow from Game of Thrones. Wow. So how many of these sort of Comic-Con conventions do you normally attend? A lot. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought that might be the answer. But how many do you reckon you've been to in total? Or this year, even? This year? This is actually my second one this year. Yeah, but I've got a lot more coming up. I do um, MCM London, Birmingham, Manchester. Uh, I've got a few other smaller events as well. Um, I'm doing um, the Harry Potter event in Edinburgh with uh, Monopoly events. Yeah, um... I can't think of anything else other than that. <laughs> well, I've got to say, this man's dedication to his costume is brilliant. It is an incredibly nice three-piece suit he's got on, but he also has blood stains, and it's so good. I've only just noticed when I've stood up close into him, he even has a bit of, like, glass that goes with the effect of damage. Just brilliant. You've shown real dedication to it. So one of the questions I've asked quite a few people today when I spoke to them is, what is the most rewarding thing about doing this for you? Just to get the looks on people's faces, really. You know, it's like because I get a lot, I get a lot of double takes. Yeah. So it's because I've got a look of Keanu Reeves. Oh, yeah. So yeah, people walking past me and like going, "Is that Keanu?" <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah they have to get you going. Whoa. Yeah. Because obviously, well, I do the same thing with Kylo Ren as well. Because uh, if I cause if I shave, yeah, if I shave, I do help. I do Kylo without, without the helmet. Yeah. So yeah. And what would you say is probably the most challenging thing about doing cosplay, about going out and doing this sort of costume work? Uh, for me, it's a travelling. I travel a lot. Yeah, it takes, t- takes it out. Yeah, especially if you're doing the uh, L- London MCM. I, it's like, it's, I, I do four days of that. Yeah, and obviously start travelling as well because I'm from the north, so yeah, yeah. it's like three or three hundred mile drive just to get down there. Yeah. And obviously, you have to get up very early. You've got to make sure everything's packed away, and it will take it out of you. And if you were to give any advice to someone who is doing cosplay, who wants to get into it, uh, what would it be? Don't pressure yourself. Don't worry about what other people think about what you're doing. Um, you know, it's it's for fun. At the end of the thing, yeah. So no, no pressure. Just do what you can with what you've got. Yeah. And with regard to the group you, you're working with, what's their website? Sorry, so we can uh, can obviously link into them. Uh, we are the Northwest Garrison. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I think there is a website. Uh, I think you just look uh, northwestgarrison.co.uk. Uh, I think we'll be on there. 
Okay, so on behalf of Talking Codswap, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to me and I hope you have a really nice weekend. You're very welcome. Good to see you. So I'm Beck from Anthony Nolan and Anthony Nolan is a UK stem cell register. So we're here and we're trying to recruit stem cell donors. So people that if you share the same tissue type as someone that's dying of leukemia or aplastic anemia, you're willing to donate a small amount of your stem cells so you can save their life. And obviously that's a really, really important thing that people will do. And probably one of the concerns people have is, could it be painful? Could, what, what would the process be? Because uh, I want to obviously put people's mind at ease. Because I'm involved, you know, I, I've signed up for this as well. So, Yeah, we get a lot of misconceptions that it's very painful. So to join, it's just a short form, whether at an event or online, and then we do a short mouth swab. And that gets your tissue type out of your body. And that's the easiest way of doing it. And that's what most people do. They never get called upon to donate because there isn't a patient out there that they match. But if they do match, most people choose to donate in a process really similar to blood donation. We give you an injection once a day for three days. That makes your body produce a lot more of the cells we need. And then we get them out by a blood donation. So it's literally as quick, painless and simple as that. It is. I mean, for 10% of people, they do choose to have an operation way where it's a general anaesthetic and we do go into the pelvic bone to get the cells we need. But 90% of people choose the blood donation method. And how can we find out... Well, where did, how did the Anthony Nolan Trust start? So Anthony Nolan was a little boy who uh, needed a transplant back in 1974. And his mum, Shirley Nolan, set us up because at that time they'd never done an, any unrelated matches. They'd only done matches between siblings. And there was no register to find out if anybody matches. So she set us up and we were the world's first stem cell register. And now there are many, many registers around the world and we all work together. Okay. So if, um, if people are obviously interested, they can obviously come to various events you are going to be at. Uh, what's the next event you're going to be at? And on top of that, if they can't say get to an event, how can they find you? So uh, it's quite hard because we go to so many different events or universities or army bases. But if you look on our website, which is just antonynolan.org, and you can find a list of events or the same website, antonynolan.org, you can sign up online and we'll send you a swab kit in the post. And are there any limits on... Uh, well, my final question, is there any limits on age, gender, anything like that at all? Not on gender, but for joining, we do have an age limit of 16 to 30. You do stay on the register till you're 60, but to join at 16 to 30 because we know that younger donors do actually make better donors in the transplant and transplant centres prefer younger donors. Yeah, well, thank you very much and this is obviously a really worthwhile charity and I would ask anyone who can get involved and help to do so. Thank you. OK, so we are um, as of Day UK. Um, so we are uh, basically the biggest distributors of, of board gaming in the country. Uh, so most of the, the, any shops where you buy a game they've probably got it from us um, we personally we're, we are the demonstrations team so we, we're not involved in the distribution but what we do is we go around to stores and conventions and basically give people a chance to play the games and sort of try them out see if they like them we can then obviously direct them to places where they can buy them uh, but it's, it's just more about sort of having fun with it and just game, giving the games a try really so and what would you say, because obviously I'm going to assume you've been to quite a few of these sort of events. Yes. Um, how many do you say you would normally do in a year? Uh, in a year we, we, we tend to have um, sort of two or three big events around the summer, a um, couple in Easter and sort of quite a few around sort of Christmas time and then maybe breaks in between. So we're probably like 10, 15 sort of these kind of events uh, and then 20 or so sort of store demos. So 
sort of we get get around quite a lot. There are quite a lot of us of us now, so we do get spread out quite a bit. So we sort of don't go to quite as many as we we did when we started. So. But and what would you say is the most challenging thing about coming to sort of like comic cons? I don't know about challenging necessarily. One of one of the things that we find is that sometimes you'll get a group of people that who where some of them are really into wanting to play the games and then you'll get some people that are just there and they don't really care about playing so trying to get them involved and get get them interested in the game and get them having fun as well that can sometimes be a bit of a challenge um, but other than that it's, it's not that challenging really um, as long as you you know how the games work and you're you're good with people who get to sort of you can get a rapport with them generally it's all about having fun so Excellent. And what, what do you like the most about coming to these sort of things? Uh, what, one of the things I really like is when we get... Um, it, some of the games we have are sort of themed on particular characters, and when we get people cosplaying as those characters and get them to come and play the, char- play the character while they're cosplaying as it. So we, we have a game called Batman Love Letter, um, which is it's a nice, simple card game, and it has Batman and Batman villain sort of characters in there. And we frequently get people dressed as Batman and Joker sort of playing the, playing the game. Uh, and it's really fun to sort of get that kind of that, and have a bit of a bit of fun with people and sort of play with them as well and sort of like talk to them with sort of adding a bit of jokes and have a bit of humour with them uh, and just yeah just basically it's all about having fun. So even if we don't get all the rules right necessarily, as long as the guys have had fun, that that's the important part. So. But. And if people want to learn more about you um, or maybe even sort of work, you get involved. Have you got a website we can we can link to or, or they can go to? Uh, yes, I can't remember off, hand, off, off the top of my head what the website is, but if you search for Asmodee UK, so it's uh, A-S-M-O-D-E-E, uh, that should get you to the website, and um, there's all, there's, there is a careers page on there, so there is um, options. We are quite often looking for more demonstrators, so um, yeah, if you have a look on there, that, that should tell you everything you need to know. Excellent, well thank you very much, and I hope you have a really nice time. Alright, yeah, thank you very much. Hi, my name's Belinda, I'm from the Wirral. And I'm a costume designer, come over here today dressed head to toe. So in um, a warlock costume, Wings of Sacred Dawn, exotic ornaments from Destiny 2. And do you, do you go to a lot of these events? Yeah, I go to loads up and down the country, yeah. Not been abroad yet, but hoping to, hoping to. San Francisco is the goal. <laughs> and what is about coming to these sort of events or doing, well, say doing cosplay in particular, what do you really enjoy about it? What's the most enriching thing for you? I think it's an appreciation of the craft and the work that people people put into it and also I, I work as a costume teacher so enjoying that people are actually still doing things with their hands when the world seems to be against craft at the moment and what would you say is the most difficult part of doing this of making the costumes I, I, I love it i don't think there's anything difficult about it at all i absolutely love it i, I live and breathe it completely so what sort of advice would you give people who wanted to start doing this doing cosplay just do it even if it it doesn't matter what it looks like even if you wear a cap you know stick something on a t-shirt just give it a go the power the power of costume is amazing absolutely amazing and with regard to any sort of future events you're going to what would you what well because you said you go to a few then what what's your next sort of planned event what what would you want to go to um next event i think is wales con so and then or maybe Birmingham's before. I need to check my calendar, but probably um, MCM Birmingham and Wales are on, on my mind at the moment. I've heard a few people mention them, so I think they're going to be quite big things. Yeah, they are, yeah. And um, other than the, the character you're as today, is there anybody else you go cosplaying as? 
I've got Cersei Lannister on at the minute and she's on my living room floor covered in spikes and silver spray and Mary Poppins with a moving carousel horse which is going to be amazing so that's in my work room at the moment and do you have like a website or anything that we can that, that my listeners could listen to uh, well not listen to could look at and, yeah. and learn about on Facebook Red Rick Rack R-E-D-R-I-C-R-A-C costumery on Facebook and I'm really friendly I'm really nice and I'll give anyone advice brilliant well we can't ask for anything more than that so thank you for taking the time to speak to me thank you very much Hello, uh, I'm Ben Crampton. Uh, come today to Liverpool Comic Con dressed as uh, the Netflix uh, version of uh, Kingpin, uh, played by Vincent uh, D'Ofrono. Can't pronounce his name, but we'll. It, uh, it's Vincent D'Onofrio, I think. D'Onofrio, I think. But what I will say is, this guy's costume is that good that I literally sort of dragged him as he came in to get a picture and have a chat because straight away I didn't know what it was, so I'm glad to see that I was right. And it's a very good screen accurate costume. Thank you. You're too kind. I think it's uh, hard for a chubby, bald guy to find a, a cosplay that suits you. Um, so the kingpin is a uh, blessing uh, in disguise there. <laughs> so what made you... Uh, well, first question is, have you been to conventions before? Is this something you've done before? Yeah, so I've been uh, coming to conventions and cosplaying for about nine, ten years now. Um, so, yeah, I'm an old hat uh, at it all. Um, I tend to move on to the next cosplay so I'll, I'll have one cosplay and I'll get some photos to kind of commemorate that and the work that I've done on it and then I'll uh, want to move on to the next character I'm into quite a lot of different fandoms so I've uh, not yet got to the uh, point where I've run out of characters to dress up as so who I mean obviously there's quite a few characters, but who have the highlight characters been for you that you've gone as um, my quality certainly improved over the years. Um, that that may be because as a 29-year-old, I have more pocket money now. But um, yeah, I, I put together a Ghostbusters costume. That was probably one of the highlights. Wearing that and meet, meeting Ernie Hudson uh, in it, um, in my gear, and he ha- he had a flight suit on as well, which was pretty cool. So, where did you meet Ernie Hudson at? That was at another Monopoly uh, oh, events uh, at the for the love of sci-fi. How was that? That yeah. Yeah, um, but it was it was hell on earth with the proton pack on. Uh, you know, it, it was a really sort of, sort of delicate handmade one. So, uh, you know, any time anyone came close to me, I got very stressed. Uh, but and that one, that was a really really busy event. I was there. Uh, yeah, I think they, they were obviously Monopoly where it, it was one of their first in that venue, and it improved a huge amount the year after. But yeah, in in with the proton pack on, it was it was a yeah stressful experience, but all worth it to to have my moment yeah, with Ernie. Yeah, so yeah, Ernie, yeah, yeah. So what are you predominantly? Uh, what are you really looking forward to this weekend? What's your big thing? So I'm predominantly here to meet the wrestler Sting. You're not the first. You know, I've had quite a few people tell me that. That's cool stuff. So I've got a photo book with him, uh, and I I've got like a uh, kind of a collection now of photos of me dressed as a referee with uh, you know famous wrestlers holding their arm up or whatever and getting getting a fun pose with them so I've started to so I bought my ref shirt again and I'll be in that tomorrow uh, getting another photo with him and as you said you've done this for quite a while what is the I've asked quite a few people this and I'm very interested to see everyone's response but what has been what's the most rewarding part of doing cosplay what's the most challenging part so the most rewarding part I guess when you work Monday to Friday, day to day, you you rarely interact with people that are as passionate as you are about 
said TV program or movie or whatever it may be, comic book. So the rewarding part is when you come to these events, you feel part of something. Uh, everyone is as passionate as you. The most challenging part um, is when, when you're cosplaying, I think it's not being comfortable sometimes. You know, you, it, the irony is you work so hard on these outfits and then you don't want to wear them because they're either too delicate or, or you, you're not happy with how they look or, or whatever. So I guess that would be it. But no, I suppose just coming to these things, it's, it's great to be around people that are into the same sort of stuff as you. So, yeah. And do you have any, do you have like a website or anything where we can look at your stuff, link into your stuff? No, not anymore. All right. <laughs> used, Fair enough. I used to do comedy vlogs. Oh, right. Uh, okay. Around comic cons and stuff. But, um, that was when I was young and foolish. Uh, so, yeah, no, no, nothing like that anymore. But um, Well, what we can do is, if you've not got that stuff, we are on the Talking Cods wallop. Yeah. I, I will be in trouble with my co-host for not bringing cards with me. That's but, fine. you know, she'll, she'll punish me for that later, okay. I'm sure. That sounds exciting. <laughs> Hi there, my name's John. I'm from Breakout Liverpool, and we're here today at Comic-Con. Uh, we've got four rooms set up. So, um, we've got escape rooms, so that I should say that they are. Um, basically, you're going to be trapped inside the room and there's all sorts of puzzles inside that you've got to solve to get out within the time limit. Uh, it's quite stressful for a lot of people, but hopefully a lot of fun as well. And it's become quite a big thing, hasn't it? People are re- I mean, I've seen... I've not personally undertaken one. I may well be persuaded this weekend, <laughs> but a lot of people have obviously done them and they've become a really big thing. In fact, they've become like a worldwide thing as well. So you guys are obviously doing Liverpool, but I can see there's something around Manchester as well on it. So how long has, has, this, has your company been up and running? Um, so we had our fourth birthday not too long ago, so we've been open four years. And as you say, we've got uh, a Manchester centre, we've also got a Cardiff centre, uh, and then we've got one in Chester as well. So we're getting more and more places as well. Uh, and as you say, it's, it's like a worldwide thing, so they're getting more and more intricate as the years have been going on as well. So uh, if you've been to one four years ago and you wasn't that interested in anything, they're certainly getting there now. Uh, really exciting. And of course I'm going to say that, but I absolutely love it. And what would you say is the most unique thing about the, about going into one of these breakout rooms? Um, it's just that sort of interactivity. Usually Everton's a set sort of experience. This can be completely different almost with how you want to play it. Sort of, you might panic at some bits, you might fly through other bits. It's completely different to how everyone plays it. Some find it really easy sometimes, but then really hard. Um, it's all about just how you work as a group, really. I think that's the most exciting thing. How you and, and are there any limits? Because you were saying about it being teamwork, are there any limits to the age of the people who can use it? Um, we do say for our rooms, usually advise sort of over 16, but we've had plenty of families in the past. So, like, we've had eight year olds better than the fa- yeah. family. So that the parents are going, oh, you won't be able to do this, but come in the room, and then they smash the room, and the parents are like, oh, okay, we've got a clever kid on our hands. Um, so, yeah, it's just dependent on who comes down to play, really. And is there anything uh, you would say recommend anyone prepares before they go into one of these? Ooh, um, or does that give it away too much? No, 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 I, I just in general, things like doing like little sort of crosswords, but anything to get the brain moving. So there's like a lot of sort of escape games, like on, on consoles and things like that. I feel like they actually do really help. They set you up quite well for what you're about to go into. But other than that, just expect the unexpected, really. Try everything. That's a, that's, that, if there's one tip I'd give, it's try everything. Sometimes people think, oh, I won't do that. That probably won't work. It might. And with regard to uh, these sort of events, have you been to any sort of Comic-Con events running these sort of things before? What sort of events do you normally go to to promote? Um, yeah, so we've done quite a few Comic-Cons. We go to the Manchester ones. We've even went down to Birmingham and London. So we're always trying to get out and about, really. Um, and, yeah, just get out wherever we can, really. 
Hi, we're a group called Central Legion. We're based in the West Midlands, but we tend to do events all over the UK. Uh, we're here just to do our thing, promoting ourselves um, and generally bringing some cosplay knowledge to uh, the event, generally to recruit more members um, and also just enhance the day. It's a, it's a Friday, mm-hmm. tends not to be as busy it's as quiet, it. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So I think it will pick up and you know we'd, we'd basically be part of something that's quite new to the area mm-hmm. Liverpool Comic Con is generally I think it's only in its second year and are there any sort of things you're specifically looking forward to people you maybe want to meet things like that um, well I'm, I'm I'm not kind of big on celebrities myself or, you know, it's great to have them around and it's exciting um, I'm just keen to go around and meet some of the other costume groups that are here and also have a look at some of the amazing props that they've, they've, yeah. they've been advertising on, on, the, on, on the websites and social media but um, no, it's, a great, it's a great venue and it's, it's, it's really well organised quite spacious uh, I can see a lot of things going on around me um, the costumes we've seen so far just really diverse and amazing and that's the thing that I myself really enjoy as well what you just said the fact that you've seen people it's not so much just sort of seeing famous people which is interesting and cool and that's one things people come for but it's seen the amount of effort that guys like yourselves but just sort of normal people putting two put these in these costumes and some of them are like screen accurate and it's, it's quite phenomenal to see so how many of these events have you been to? well I suppose we've been around for coming something like close to 18 months we've, we tend to do the average maybe a couple of cons every every month we always try to do something fresh and exciting with each one I mean otherwise it can get a bit stale um generally pick up new members uh, we we always have a bit of a tick list I, mean, I suppose the group photo maybe meeting other other, other costume groups um, and making sure our members get to enjoy the event as well and if we get the chance to raise money as well then that's always a bonus because we, we like to help out charities it's um, it's great to do and that's something that I think I found has been brilliant with a large percentage of the people I spoke to they do an awful lot of things that are charity based people and that's a really nice thing to see the people do it for I mean I've done things for sort of like Ghostbusters groups who do raise money for child's hospices things like that so it's a really good thing to say uh, to see that people are doing so if we well just so we know what's your website address so we can promote that and obviously we can People. You'll find Central Legion on Facebook and on Instagram and also on Twitter. Um, yeah, have a check us out, see what you think. Excellent. Thank you very much for your time and hope you have a nice weekend. Thank you very much, you too. Hi, I'm Jake Mills. I'm the founder and CEO of National Mental Health Charity called Chasing the Stigma. Uh, Chasing the Stigma is a charity that was founded by myself uh, following my own personal battle with depression, which led to a suicide attempt uh, just over five years ago. Um, and I kind of didn't ever think that I would be there, didn't think I'd ever be somebody who would struggle, who would certainly didn't think I'd be someone who tried to take their own life. Uh, but it kind of just got to me, it took over. Um, so what I've tried to do now is turn my experience around and, and try and turn it into a positive to help other people and prevent people from being in that place where I was. And what would you say, obviously you've come to this event so you can speak more to people to make them aware of the the, the situations you've faced and the things that you're trying to do to obviously help people and raise um, awareness for something that people are aware of. But really, unfortunately, there's sort of like a... Um, an unwillingness in some circumstances to discuss something that's as as, uh, as delicate as this so what would you say what do you see as the biggest stigma or problem that you face in dealing with 
with this the, the problem of mental health and depression amongst people? I, th- I think the the biggest the biggest issue that we face in terms of stigma is the fear of being judged, um, the fear of of a mental illness being used against you, whether that is in work, whether that's friends, whether that's insurance, mortgages, and I think that's what prevents people from seeking that help, from actually asking the help because they think, is it going to come back to me? Um, and do you know what? I felt like that as well, maybe um, maybe not as much as, as some people, but I think the only way you're going to get over that is by teaching people that that's not yeah. the case, by talking about it, but talking about it at such an earlier stage. Mental health is something that I think most people would associate with negativity uh, as I think people get confused and think mental illness is mental health are two separate things mental health is something that everybody has we all have good we all have bad and, and quite a lot of us will suffer from some form of, of mental illness but mental health should be an aspirational thing it's something that we wake up and say how am I feeling today what can I do to make myself feel better that's what we're trying to do and, and that's why we created uh, we created an app called the hub of hope and the hub of hope is like um, it's like the just eat mental health services wherever you are in the country just press one button that says find nearby services they use the devices location to find a nearest support to you as well as national support as well because we're trying to make that help as easy as possible to find in 2017 there was 5,831 I think um, su- recorded suicides in the UK and almost three quarters of those were not known to mental health services or hadn't been seen in more than a year people are not getting the help when they need it and that's just not good enough and that's what we're trying to change through the hub of hope well I think that's an absolutely brilliant service uh, I in previously work wise have dealt with a lot of people work with people who have suffered with depression mental health problems uh, and I think to have a service like that certainly for people who are younger to have this, this service the hub of hope that is more open than say just going to or more accessible than say just going we'll go to GP or do whatever or go and see a doctor or talk to somebody about like psychology to have something that can actually sort of immediately press a button that gives them certainly people are more into technology I think that's a fabulous thing to be able to give people and, I'm, and I think that would open it up more to people as well like I, I think um, the key is is giving people the tools and, and, and enabling them and engaging them to make decisions themselves you know we, we talk about kind of isolation as one of the biggest key factors to somebody's poor mental health if you think when you go home and you're on your own that's where we can come in because you can be looking at the help and support that's available it's just about opening those avenues up and saying that there is helping you can access it and that's something that is obviously available across the country yeah, uh, across the country. Um, so the Hub of Hope is one place for mental health support, whether regardless of age, gender, um, type of support that you're looking for. We just want it to be one go-to place. It's now now become the biggest, most comprehensive mental health signposting tool in the UK, and it's grown by the day. Uh, you'll always get support if you look on there. If the, even at the very least, if it's national, uh, there'll always be support on there. Okay, well, thank you very much. And uh, obviously, if you put in Hub of Hope into a search engine, you'll be able to find you that way. Yeah, uh, it's at hubofhope.co.uk. Put in a search engine, or it's free to download on Apple and Android devices. All right, well, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for obviously being here to discuss such a, uh, being part of such a worthy cause. Thank you. Hi, so I'm Chris, and I've made a full-scale Johnny 5, and it's been 3D printed um, using the plans from the original one from the movie. I mean, I'm looking at this right now, and as soon as I heard the words that it had been 3D printed, I am amazed. You 3D printed this? This is phenomenal. Yeah, it's all been 3D printed using a different materials 
um, because obviously the original one was metal so I've had to use stronger plastics to be able to make him drive around like he does here and it's fully remote control but how long did it take you to, I mean I, it is amazing how did it take to build this so far it's two and a half years because um, I keep improving what he can do so for example for this event I've got his arms moving uh, which he couldn't do at any of the other ones so it's just a case of upgrading him as I go and how many of these uh, have you been to probably about 10 events so far with a few more booked this year so yeah it's, it's, fan reactions have been really really good you are a man who is incredibly talented just looking at this so how what made you choose Johnny Five what, what of all the characters you could sort of create why him well basically since I was about five years old I've been trying to build him out of like um, cardboard cereal boxes and toilet roll tubes so I've got pictures of me doing it from that age to when I was in school and then when 3D printing became available it was just a perfect means to be able to do it and in, do, you, do you have a background in engineering anything like that at all? no <laughs> I, had, <laughs> I, I am like literally just bowled over laughing almost with that because this is just something else in here that this this man has no background in engineering. <laughs> Puts me to shame. <laughs> I worked in a timber yard for ten years, and that's pretty much it. But now I work with 3D printers, which gave me the opportunity to use the where place where I works, their printers, to be able to make the bigger parts. And what was the hardest part of creating him? It was the tracks because they're plastic, and it's got such a massive footprint trying to make them so they didn't break when you was turning was quite challenging but managed to get there and how do you hook him up to remote control how do you get all that to work so it's just a standard rc con- uh, transmitter that you use with like remote control cars and things and there's a receiver in there and it just controls the motors and then being able to use some arduino electronics for the head and make him speak and things like that and do you have a website anything like that yeah the group's called rights robotics um and i've got a facebook instagram youtube so just go on there and you see all the updates from the events that I do brilliant so what we'll do is I'll look at getting some sort of link in to the podcast when we've done it but I mean this is phenomenal and I'm assuming you get a reaction like mine just about every time anyone sees this yeah they come over and they just start screaming and it's like it's Johnny Five and they kind of get a picture and it's just it's just so nice Uh, my name's Fiona Jardine and um, the reason I like Come Comic Con is I just really like uh, the community of everyone here. Like um, I like how anyone from any fandom can kind of come here and interact with each other and how everyone's so kind and that you go up to everyone and speak to them and take pictures and like they don't mind and everyone just kind of gets involved with everyone even if like you don't know what like like I'm not a big anime fan but I know like loads of people dress up for anime and like I just think the amount of effort that people put in is just absolutely amazing because it just shows how much they really care and like they can understand if like you put all the effort in because uh, it shows that you really care as well and all the like all the different stores that offer like loads of different merchandise it's just fantastic sorry what would you say is the most difficult thing about doing this about doing cosplay walking through town to get here probably I mean it's a bit awkward having to walk from um, from like Lime Street to like here it's a bit awkward walking through especially since it's at the Albert Docks like the wind is not a very friend uh, a good friend today uh, but like the only thing I would say is probably like like speaking about Comic Con specifically is probably like just how crowded it can get because uh, me being a very small person only 4 11 like I can easily get lost and I'm just gone into the abyss but like uh, I'd just say probably that's about it but I understand why it's crowded because it's, it's so popular and it's just because so many people love to come so it's, it's, it's kind of a thing that I can like deal with you know. 
If he makes you feel any better, being this tall is not all it's cracked up to be. Backache, etc. So, you, you were saying earlier about some of the other people you dress up as. If you could just, just tell us that. Um, so, this is the first time I've dressed up as Velma because everyone says I look like Velma with the, my glasses and my hair. Uh, but I've also done my own twists and spins on Harley Quinn and other Gotham characters uh, from the DC franchise. As well as, um, I've also done a Wednesday Adams cosplay. And because um, I'm a big musical fan, um, I did a Alexander Hamilton cosplay as well. So, yeah. And do you have anything like a website or anything that you promote your stuff on? Um, I mean, there's my Instagram. It's at the geeky witch, uh, the underscore geeky underscore witch. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you. Hi, so I'm Dan. I'm Josh. Uh, how did you get into cosplay? Actually, Josh, I've never actually. I've done it for a while now. I used to be part of uh, these different groups that did it. I, more, I helped out more with the crew inside of it, but kind of caught the bug to get my own costume. Did a ghost costume from Modern Warfare 2, and then decided, started watching Arrow and thought, pick up the green arrow and paid for it myself and started building it up. And that's my first proper cosplay that I've sorted myself. What about you? Yeah, a friend of mine, Leanne, uh, she's got her own cosplay page, and she sort of introduced me to the, the world of cosplay and then I watched Batman vs Superman trailer I fell in love with the Batfleck costume and so I said I need to I need to do a Batfleck costume so that's a that's a well I've got to say with these guys there will be a picture provided but we've got probably two of the most screen accurate things I've seen and I've been here since Friday and this is seriously impressive stuff we just walked in as well <laughs> thank you very much <laughs> but I think it's really good so how many of these conventions have you been to do you reckon uh, for me, probably close to ten, maybe, but I've only been doing it for like a year. So uh, I've been doing them now and then since about 2014, but more recently, more often. So I, I couldn't really number it. It's more like experience. I've just done a lot, just being there as a hunter, really. You know, going and looking at all the stalls and whatnot. But now I'm doing the cosplay side of it. I've passed two years or so, maybe. And do you have? Uh, do you have like a website or anything for you two, or do you just do it as just? Uh, Instagram page uh, The Arrow UK yeah yeah The Arrow UK and then you've got yeah mine's just Scouse Cosplay excellent that's a good simple one so what would you say the I've asked quite a few people this question but what would you both say is the the best thing about doing cosplay and the most challenging thing Um, hmm, that's a good question actually the best thing is the fan reaction the people that also like what it is that you know the character that you do the worst thing would be maybe the negative reaction from people that don't understand why people go to Comic Cons, they can kind of have that adverse effect that might put you down a little bit, or maybe the elitism. There's actually the elitism side of cosplay within cosplay. Yeah, it, it, it's challenging to say the least because you get people that pick out things that aren't as accurate as they could be. And uh, I, I've had people point out certain things before, and I'm, I'm pretty sure you have. As yeah, well, yeah, definitely, yeah. Well, for me, I think the best experience, or the best thing for me is, is definitely the general experience of Comic-Con. Um, if you come in costume, you'll never come back without cosplaying. It's it's such a different experience. The negative for me, probably the heat, actually, to be fair. After about two hours of uh, in the cosplay, all I want to do is take it off. But yeah, that's, that's, I don't really have any negatives. I just love it. But obviously, thank you both for taking the time to speak to me. It's been no problem at all. Thank you. 
Well, what an excellent set of interviews there. Yeah, they were really good, James. Well done. I really oh, enjoyed thank them. You, thank you. We've been we've been Comic Con Codwaller. We have, yeah. yeah. So we did really, really well with that. And uh, yeah, and thank you very much again for representing us. You know, you did us Pleasure. proud. So yeah, thank you, James. You, you did a sterling job. Thank you for letting me loop. Uh, you're welcome. And um, so we've been talking enough Codswallop tonight. So I've been Gemma. I've been James. I've been Andy. Do, 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 do.